Welcome to A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood with your host, Angela Jones. Presented by Brighter Day Law, listen to the stories of the people who make Colorado Springs a great place to live and make our world better every day. We want to give back to those who give so much to us. Today's guest is Beth Reed. Beth Reed is an attorney at Brighter Day Law. She joined the firm, um, I believe, about a year ago, coming from the district attorney's office. Uh, Beth and I actually met um, working together. She on the criminal side of a case and I on the custody side of the case um, and learned that we had a lot of the same shared interest um, and motivations for why we do what we do. Um, so I'm very excited to introduce everyone to Beth and allow her to share her story um, about how lawyering is a helping profession to her. Welcome, Beth. Thank you. Glad to be here. So, Beth, um, why don't you just kind of give us a brief background of how you got into practicing law? Well, uh, I had graduated college. I wasn't sure what I was going to do. Um, I'd had a very useful political science degree um, from college, and I got a job at the district attorney's office in Colorado Springs. I was working in an administrative capacity, um, and I found out that I really enjoyed uh, helping people and being um, sort of part of a larger purpose in um, addressing some of the community problems. And I had a particular skill set that, that worked well with that. And so I fell into that, um, worked there for a couple of years, uh, went to law school, came back and continued and worked there for, as a career prosecutor for about 17 years. Um, well, um, and I heard you mention that your interest really was community oriented, and that's what led you to go to law school. So how did you make that connection? I guess I had seen um, what what a person in a position like being a district attorney was, how they could affect, how one could affect um, some particular problems in the community. You know, when, when you're a, in prosecution, um, you get um, various situations, life situations, and people under very difficult circumstances presented to you, and that was always attractive to me. Um, I could help. Found myself found that I could help with um, a small portion of what these uh, people needed in their lives, at least from my end, and it was very fulfilling for me. And so, was it just natural for you after law school to just return to the? district attorney's office where you'd seen um, the district attorneys doing those types of things? It was. All right. It was. And so as you um, worked in that capacity, what did you find um, was the greatest impact that you had um, in that regard? Well, in the sense that um, your mission as a prosecutor is to do what is just or right or fair. Um, and it's really not outcome determinative. Um, you're not particularly beholden to any particular client. You're just tasked with doing justice, which is a very broad concept. Um, I liked that um, I could bring that perspective to being a lawyer, um, to do what was right uh, and just. Okay, and when you're applying these types of concepts, what's right or what's just, there's a certain amount of... Um I would just say discretion that a district attorney has in terms of bringing things to the table. I think a lot of times people think of, you know, um, 
you know, a lawyer's job as just being in court. But particularly at the district attorney's office, there's a lot of negotiations that go on and a lot of cases and end up being resolved by agreement. Can you give us any insight into sort of how those negotiations or, or that aspect of the job, you know, really allowed you to serve your your ultimate goal? When you are a district attorney, your clients don't, they, they kind of land on your desk. You don't pick them. You don't have that discretion. And mm-hmm. so you people come to you um, in various situations, sometimes pretty awful. And um, you go into that knowing that you cannot, uh, for instance, in a homicide case, the victim's family, um, it's a very traumatic event for them in every occasion. And you can't fix it. You can't bring their loved one back. Um, but you can work in some very positive steps to promote some healing. Um, and so when you're negotiating, um, sometimes you're just finding a, a little bit of peace for the family. Um, and, and that's, um, you know that you can't overall make the goal. You can't make that family member come back. You can't make everything right. But you can do your part um, in your limited time on the, you know, involvement with these families t- to negotiate and to work through some healing um, for families. And that's, that's what I was really attracted to. And so now you've transitioned over to an area of law where you do get to choose your clients. Yes. Um, and so how has that, that been? How's that transition been? I actually like it. Mm-hmm. Um, because I always felt when I worked cases that I was only touching a portion of um, the people that I was working with their lives. I could only come in and do so much. I know I could send a family uh, member to jail. I could send them to probation. I could send someone to drug treatment. I can do all these little things. Mm-hmm. Um, but when in this capacity, when your client approaches you, there's so much more broad um, avenues that you can use to really assist these people um, in their very difficult times, probably the one of the more, most difficult times of their lives in terms of, you know, be, I think being a lawyer is part counselor, part financial advisor, part lawyer. Um, and so I just appreciate the broad uh, venue or aspects of, of that part of the job. All right. And so what part of that do you find most fulfilling? When we can successfully navigate a divorce case so that the children come out in the end as the winners, that we can do our part to make sure that the children in these relationships, in these very broken relationships and difficult circumstances, um, we've done all we can to make sure going forward that they have the best shot at a good future. Um, and successful co-parenting strategies. So, and I was going to ask you that. So, what does that look like? Like, so what is a good outcome, you know, for, from your perspective for a child whose parents are, you know, transitioning to, you know, a new normal for their family? Uh, the best outcome for a child, and, I, you know, I'm a child of divorce, and I know mm. many people who have been, um, is to come out of the situation knowing, one, that they're going to be supported and loved by both their parents, no matter what, and that they can rely on their parents and be protected. You know, children, they're very mature these days, right. and um, we it's easy to forget um, 
we assume that they have a very that they have a sense of security when in fact they don't and divorce really rocks children and their sense of security they don't know what's going to happen they're frightened about the future they don't have necessarily have the skills or the the uh, abilities to tell you about that and you need the the parents to have the ability to listen to that and appreciate where those children are and so um, it's a very difficult arena and it's people are very emotional it's one of the most emotional times of, of, of divorcing families lives and so anytime we can get to an arrangement where um, the parents are working together the best they can to co-parent and the kids are um, happy and healthy and stable that is a win for us right so you talked about how your your experience as a child um, you know kind of prepared you to do this type of work family work in particular and so you grew up um in indiana on a farm right yes for okay. a large part I, I i lived on a farm in a very rural and remote area until i was about 12 my parents divorced when i was 12 and then when my parents divorced it was a it was a culture shock because mm. i went from a private small town very very small town mm-hmm. school to living in a, um, a more urban community um, where it, my class size and going mm-hmm. prior to then had been, you know, I grew up with the same 20 kids. Uh, right. And I graduated ultimately from a high school in an urban area with 450 people in my graduating class. Um, and so what the diversity of persons that I was exposed to, it was mm-hmm. quite the culture shock. Um, And I had been removed from and, you know, I felt very safe and secure and protected. And all of a sudden, you know, and I was about 12. So it was that usual going through the the difficulties of the middle school years and all of that stuff on top of it. This is very disorienting. Um, And so I can relate to kids who are just they don't know they need they, they they need some certainty and some safety and security in their lives and for me that was the more the most um i don't know the word is damaging but difficult portion mm. of the process so you know for parents who are you know having to divorce or you know or having needing to transition you know what can you what insights you know besides what you've shared already can you offer from your perspective having gone through it as a child you know like things because you know i don't know that everyone would think about that like think about this idea that you know hey our family's you know changing and i need to get a job and move to the city they're not necessarily thinking wow my 12 year old is whole life has just radically shifted not only are the parents no longer you know a nuclear unit but you know all new friends i mean and they know these things on the surface obviously but i don't know that people always think about that underneath from their children's perspective are there any other insights you can offer relative to that you know for me i think it's important to let the children know that you know there there is an old life and not to ignore that old life to acknowledge Mm. it and to continue to integrate that sort of old life going forward into the new life Mm -hmm. there's going to be new blended families Mm -hmm. there's going to be new and blended traditions Mm -hmm. but not to reject the entirety of that old life i think was um at least for me what was was huge um and you know, a big part of that is when you're divorcing, even if you don't like your ex-spouse, even if you think they're they're not a very nice person, they're still 
your parent, a parent of your children. Right. And I, it's so important. Um, I think clients who successfully navigate this process recognize that. They recognize that um, that parent is still part of the picture and has something to offer, even in the days you don't like that person very much. There are still positive traits about that parent um, that the child relies on. Um, and so I think respecting that is, is the, the key to that. And so as a, as a district attorney, did you see any impact of divorce, like where that wasn't done well? by parents? I mean, kids getting in trouble or were there domestic violence between family, you know, like husbands and wives that really, you know, caused trouble for kids? I don't know that I would was necessarily aware specifically of a divorce um, causing issues. Um, I think to the extent um, that a large part of the population that you're dealing with as a mm-hmm. district attorney is a population when, especially with kids, when they're coming towards you, they have not had some of the same advantages and blessings in life that I've had. They don't have stable families. Mm -hmm. They don't, you know, often um, are, in terms of socioeconomic circumstances, Mm -hmm. disadvantaged. Um, I would say, you know, usually you didn't see two sets of really committed parents um, in a lot of situations. And, and the saddest part for me was once I, I had a case where um, this very young man, he was an adult at the time, was accused of murder, and he called his mother um, after he got arrested and, you know, was just reaching out to her to try to you know, get some support, and mm-hmm. he was completely disoriented, and um, she rejected him. She just said, well, I thought, figured you would do something like that one time. She was, she was completely wow. absent. And so when you have people who are young people who are trying to make life decisions under those circumstances, you know, I, th- I think it lends itself towards these kids landing in the criminal justice system. Right. So. And so like to sort of tie that together, you know, on, on the positive side, do you see that, you know, by navigating domestic situations, divorces, what have you, in a positive way of really having the opposite effect. Absolutely. I think I think the more work we can do to assist these families in becoming more stable um, probably has a direct correlation with mm-hmm. keeping them out of ending up in a, you know, complex criminal justice system later on. Right. And so to me, I guess I'm, I'm sort of thinking that that to me is like community service in and of itself. Like the more you work with families to, you know, help them to support their children or to sometimes even understand the impact of their actions um, relative to children, that you're really helping to create a ripple effect, a positive ripple effect for the community in the short term and the community in the longer term, because you're creating good parents as well. And I mean, things happen. Things happen. Um, We have to transition to different lives sometimes, you know, Um, but the way that we do it, I think, is critical. And so what's your sort of philosophy just on transitioning in general from one type of life to another type of life. I mean, you've had a couple different transitions, you know. Um, I think, I, um, I know that you relocated to 
live back on the farm in yes. Michigan recently, <laughs> and you're still, you know, working with Brighter Day, um, and we're able to do that actually as a, a, a sort of a unintended positive consequence of, of you know, COVID. Of, yeah, that <laughs> pandemic, and and that which is interesting to me because, and I'd like to talk about that a little bit in just a second, um, is sort of the silver linings in every challenge that were presented, but um, you know, just in transitions, what you have found to be you know just sort of that plumb line or that guiding principle to make transitions in general successful Uh, i think first you have to give yourself a little bit of self-love and um, room to know that you're going to make mistakes Mm -hmm. Um, and you're going to make more than one and you're going to do things um, you know you look back and I would do that differently next time right um, to me one of the most important things is to take that time in making that time transition and do look back take that time to assess how is this affecting um, myself how is this affecting my children how is um, and, and really listen and, and, and it's mm-hmm. challenging because if you're a divorcing parent um, and you're a working parent, you have all of these challenges, work, school, especially in times of COVID, parenting your children during COVID and school, Mm -hmm. um, really taking that time to listen um, and appreciate that a little bit of, you're not the most important person in the room, I guess is the way to put it. And you have to account, you have to, consider um, that there are people involved with this. So I want to delve into you're not the most important person in the room. And I'm picking up on something (laughs) along the line of like humility or, you know, um, for us, even when we're going through difficult times ourselves to be cognizant that we're not the only person who's going through this or having a hard time or probably having a hard time. But what do you mean beyond that? Or let me know if I've got that right. (laughs) (laughs) I guess as a parent, um, you don't always get to do what you want to do. This is true. (laughs) As Um, one who's been a parent for almost 30 years, I can absolutely validate you on that one. And the other part of it is, and and I've I've learned along the way, your your child, each child, Mm -hmm. is a unique individual. And no one um, pattern of behavior, no one pattern of style of living fits everyone. And so, especially in a multifamily situation, I think it's, multi-children it's that much more Mm -hmm. um, difficult you have to what is the best interest of this child what is the best interest of that child and what is the best interest of that child in terms of just say COVID you know we have cases where one child it's more beneficial for the child to be in in in-person schooling during COVID because of their unique learning styles and or, or maybe disabilities and one who learns better at home right and so you have to try to balance all of those. Um, and, you know, as a parent, it would be easier for me to send my kid to, 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 to school mm-hmm. and go to work and do my thing. And I think as many parents have, have discovered during COVID, it just doesn't work like that. Um, and so I think it takes extra, just extra love and, and, and the ability to sit back and appreciate those and put your interests to the side 
So, and your ideal clients do that. Yes. Or work toward that. We work towards that. (laughs) Right. Absolutely. Because none of us are perfect in the execution. I mean, back to, I've been a parent for almost 30 years. I assure you that my children would all let you know that I don't execute perfectly. (laughs) Um, In fact, I think it'd be a far cry from that. But we get through the things together. And I would say that, you know, the idea that my children are important, what they want, what they need, you know, is of paramount importance to me, even when I get it wrong. Um, Or in those times when I've not been able to see past the end of my own nose, um, that underlying love and care was there. And I think that's kind of what we're looking for in terms of the people that we, we enjoy and um, appreciate working with best and we know going in that divorce is an emotional situation and Mm. we know that you're going to have days where it's just going to be a bad day for you right (laughs) well and i think we've talked about there's sort of this uh saying where you know it criminal cases are where you know um, bad people on their best behavior and in, in, in family law it's good people on their worst, worst behavior, behavior. <laughs> uh, but our clients I think by and large are you know really striving to walk toward a better future you know so getting back to the idea uh, that there are the silver linings, you know, in every situation, like I, I think most people would agree that, you know, a, a split of a family where it's a divorce or a allocation of parental responsibilities is necessary is, is even if it has some positive aspects, it's not a good thing, you know, and, and some people have some difficulty finding that good thing in it at all um so what are some areas where you've sort of you know time and time again been able to notice that there is a silver lining in it or an opportunity in it even for people who do not want a divorce or a split whatsoever um, I well first I wanted to address what you said which is that we assume that uh, families being split is not a good thing. I think mm. we've all grown up with that idea. Mm-hmm. There are situations yeah. when it is the best thing for all parties mm. to mm-hmm. have that division in the family. Right. Um, and so it's not, I don't recommend divorce across the board. Right. But um, in some situations for the, the health and safety of, of all the parties, it, it is the best um, decision. The silver lining of divorce, um, I think um, you come out stronger. Um mm. In my personal experience was, you know, I, I've been divorced. Um, I Emotionally, I was pretty messed up for <laughs> a while. Um, right. I felt lonely and abandoned and out there. And right. um, I, I, I've come through it. And I, I know that that's our philosophy is that there is a brighter day at the end of the tunnel. Right. Um, and so that is the silver lining. You will walk out of the process a a. a better person so to speak Mm. you will be wiser you will be um hopefully more calm and centered and a better um have a better sense of where you're headed in life and what that looks like because you take a marriage which is a an entity of itself and Mm -hmm. split it back you know into your own identity right and so it's it's a tough process but the the, really the silver lining is is that and you know 
sometimes kids get two Christmas presents and <laughs> two birthday presents and and, and and things like that. And right. and and I think the the kids are winners mm. if a divorce is is done well um, mm-hmm. and the families because they can see what conflict resolution looks like. Mm-hmm. They can see what people can disagree but still love, you know, care about the child looks mm-hmm. like. They can see that people are different. Um, right. And they can see that people make mistakes and it's okay to make mistakes. And they can see that it, a marriage in very big sense is a failure. And mm. they can see that it's it, it is okay to fail. It's very scary. <laughs> right. But it but it's okay. And I so I think the, those are the sort of the silver linings um, at least from an emotional perspective. Right. And I like how you sort of wrapped it in, and, and we talk about this, that, you know, uh, failure's not a bad thing, you know, that it is an opportunity. Um, and I also like how, at least what I'm taking away from what you said, is that when kids win in these situations, then we all win. So the community wins um, when divorce or family law matters are um walked through productively. Beth, I want to thank you so much for um, joining us here today, for your openness, uh, sharing your story uh, so, you know, transparently. Um, And I, uh, you know, we just appreciate um, the work that you do with us and um, here at Brighter Day Law. And um, we're, you know, very, very um, happy to have you have come over um, to um, share your years of perspective um, as an attorney, but your your years of perspective and insight as a human being um, with us, but also with the people who work with us. Thank you. It's a pleasure to be here. Brighter Day Law are an experienced and qualified team of divorce and family law attorneys. Their aim is to help you get through that emotional and challenging time of divorce and other family disputes. The mission of Brighter Day Law is to compassionately help families resolve their disputes with personalized legal representation while keeping the best interest of the entire family at heart. Their attorneys handle all kinds of family law cases, including child custody, divorce, high asset divorce, mediation, and alimony. Brighter Day Law, compassionate counsel in dark and stressful times. 225-4493 or at brighterdaylaw.com. This has been A Brighter Day in the Neighborhood, presented by Brighter Day Law. Heard every Sunday at 11 a.m. on KPPF, 98.5 FM, 1040 AM, and 95.7 FM. Listen to the companion podcast on Podbean.